0: the reason why people are trying to take over entertainment and media is because it is the deceptive way of winning the hearts and minds of people because you don't see it at first because you're just watching movies.
1: Hey guys, how's it going? Matt from Foulball Productions here. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that you're doing well because I'm doing phenomenally. Thank you so very much. This is the MFR podcast number 13. Uh, I did miss the past two weeks. uh... (laughs) Last week was a little rough just getting back from Vegas and reorganizing my life. That was tough, but I did intend on releasing a podcast the week I went to Vegas and I, uh, I soldiered on that Tuesday night and I stayed up late and I recorded it and it was kind of like this really long like stream of consciousness about my time in LA and how I ended up getting into YouTube and then when I went to edit it I didn't record a single second of the (laughs) audio so the whole podcast was gone lost to the sands of time and the ether and I was like it's already too late I cannot re-record this and I intended on doing it from Vegas but I didn't uh, but this week, I bring you a guest, friend of mine, someone that I, I met on one of the Vegas trips and hung out again with in this last Vegas trip. He's a great YouTuber. If you don't know him, make sure you go give him a sub. Please welcome Max Field von Priestley.
0: Oh, my gosh. How can I even uh, thank you enough for that intro, man? That was fantastic. <laughs> I uh, Yeah, I'm so sorry to hear about that, um, that <laughs> podcast, so dude. Well, it's, it's funny because, like, yeah, you that's the the frustrating thing is that you don't actually know until afterwards, until yeah. the hour is over. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I just realized that none of it is salvageable. Um, but no, that's thank you gone, again for literally yeah, just <laughs> nothing, in the nothing you can do, now, do about it. Yeah. In the void. <laughs> in the void. um. But no, thank you again for having me on, man. Uh, I've really been enjoying these style formats of your podcast. Um, I've always tried to, you know, whether watch the MF or cocktail lounge or whatnot. But this is really uh, it's just such a streamlined, more intimate level of getting to know who you are and your information and how you respond to different topics and stuff. So, yeah, thank you for having me on. And uh, what's cool about this, too, is like like you said, we were just in Vegas uh, recently and the conversations that we have in Vegas are pretty much like how we talk, even behind scenes on the in and on the podcasts and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a pleasure to be here. And uh, yeah, I've been watching your stuff since like Gary was shouting you out before I like when I was a lurker, I was hearing about you from like Gary and stuff, and I was like, oh yeah, I know who this guy is. So, Dude, um, but yeah, it's that pretty guy cool, is, man. Uh,
1: so generous with his time. I mean, the fact that he he came on my channel the first time when it was I, I don't know I had maybe 350 subs, 400 subs, something like that. Yeah. Cause I, uh, I had like one video that went well about the expanse. Um, and that, you know, that was like, cool, nice little boost. And then Jake D managed to get Gary on the channel to talk the expanse, which was just like, okay, all right, cool. And he, he like came on and I, I always tell people to go back and watch that episode because like, I'm talking like a mile a minute for like the first 20 <laughs> minutes cause I'm so <laughs> nervous. <laughs> But uh, it, yeah, he's a good dude, man. He's really That's very awesome. generous, and he and he, you know, he lends his his platform to people too. You know, he promotes you, like he'll t- he'll shout you out, or put on Instagram. He was on um that seventies that seventy that seventies rock fans channel yesterday. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. man. So like, I, and I think what's what's great about that too is like he there's no need for him to do that. Right. Like there's, it's not a necessity for him to try and promote smaller channels or try and, you know, like I I was watching a video um, from Eric July the other day and this detractor of his was on the show telling him, you know, I hope you use your platform wisely because, you know, you should be like bringing other smaller creators and comic book makers and all this stuff. Like you should be bringing them up. And I'm like, dude, he has no obligation to do this. Yeah, it would be nice. And, and that would be a respectful thing to do, but the man is trying to make his own comic book company. Like he, he he also has to keep himself busy and feed his family and his, his coworkers and employees. Um, and so that's why I love Gary is because like, he doesn't have to do that with these smaller channels and yet he still chooses to go out of his way, take the time, and still come to our channels or uh, do live streams or even
1: shout us out. So
0: it's pretty rare. Totally. I
1: you mean know. and thing with Gary too is he also like when you meet him, it there isn't um there isn't any kind of like fame barrier. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't Absolutely. have that kind of like, oh, you know, like I'm being polite and saying hello. Like he's interacting with you as if like, you know, you guys have known each other for years. It's it's very, very cool. He's got a, a great uh, like soul, uh, just, just a good good sense of himself, a good sense of this whole thing. He's, it, no one deserves it more. Um, what you're saying about the whole Eric July thing though, it's so funny when people say that like, you know, hope you use your platform for, good, as if Eric July was like handed cnn or something like that like it's a youtube <laughs> channel that he built from the ground up yeah like it's his he can do anything he wants with it you know it's it's just such a weird thing to put that on him like i hope you get you you like it, it you use your own platform for good <laughs> you know if you think it's just this easy slam dunk go ahead man build it yeah up. i think
0: I I think, yeah, like a a big thing after I watched the entire interview and you guys can watch it on, on Eric July's, uh, channel, but I think basically this guy sounded like he was upset that his comic was not being promoted as much as Eric July. And to me that says, well, people like understandably, you haven't either put the time in, or even if you did put the time in, like you need to continue to market or you need to continue to do all this stuff. Um, Eric has been on YouTube for longer than anyone in this fellowship, arguably, I think, because he started with music and then he went to kind of more politics and now he's doing, well, no, he was doing comic reviews even back in the mid 2000s. I think that's how he started. I think he started with
1: comic, like music and then into comics. I don't even think he started talking politics until several years after that.
0: Yeah um and yeah the the cool thing about the the his comic that he's promoting promoting um isom is like most people would say oh well he's just saying promoting it as a non-woke comic but if you actually watch his stuff like it's it's hard to actually find a moment in time where he is like guys this is going to be the most non-woke thing you guys have ever seen all i hear him saying is like I can't wait to show you the universe and I can't wait to show you like how this character interacts with the other villains or the other heroes. And like, I'm like, what's non woke or woke about that? It's just good storytelling. Um, and that's what, you know, hard, it's, it's hard to d- disprove that, but when you're a detractor, you always have to find something right.
1: I think what they're probably latching onto is how some of the right wing media has been promoting it. True. Yes. I, absolutely. I'm fairly certain that the New York Post ran with a headline similar to that. Which look, I, I everybody gets a little tired of like what's woke, what isn't woke, especially now where we've been talking about this for so long, and it's it's obviously it's mainstream now. So people get tired of it. My chat gets tired of it. I understand, <laughs> but it's still it's still pretty relevant. You know, it still mm-hmm. matters. I mean, it's not like we're in a post woke. Entertainment Renaissance or anything like that. I mean, you're watching She-Hulk right now, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, is unfortunately, that not, you know, isn't that like the peak of uh, agenda-laden content? Where I mean, that's really—it's almost that's the whole point—is to just make those points. Like that's why this content exists. Like entertainment is so much further down the list than let's get the the, the talking points out
0: dude it's and and this is why i love coming on here and and why i love listening to you because like you you explain in such an intelligent and like wise kind of discerning way of why these entertainment because like you could you and i could both come on here and go like oh it's just woke piece of garbage and it's like okay we're just kind of recycling the same talking points but what you've mentioned right now is like so much deeper than just it goes beyond just the oh, it's like agenda and woke because it's it's bad storytelling and it's and it's poor writing and I think that the um for me when I watch it it feels like the writers and the producers are kind of inept when um, writing these characters uh they they it's it's not a matter of like you know I don't know it, it has become this kind of peak uh. I'm inserting myself into the show. Uh, you can definitely see that the writers are kind of speaking through Jennifer Walters, who's the protagonist, who is She-Hulk in the show, and so much of that is just like laden with like heavy-handed um, intersectionalism. Like, and and that's what's so difficult about watching it is because it doesn't feel like a Marvel product. Well, it feels like feels like a product. It feels like it's just something that has been packaged to like give to people uh without any enjoyment um but it feels like it lacks soul it lacks heart it lacks um talent and that's why i didn't appreciate it um but you know people will come on to my comments when, on my video that i did and they'll go oh you just hate it because it's woke and i'm like well i'm sure it is but my issue with it goes much deeper than that you know there there are levels to why this is not doing as well as other marvel content
1: you're right. It's 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 about the writing, because I think most content that came out of Hollywood for the past, I don't know, 60, 70 years, I would say you could you know safely uh, generalize that it had a left leaning slant. Now, that's not the same as woke, because woke is, is propaganda and agenda talking points. But I, I think most people are are pretty comfortable with content from a perspective they differ with or is politically not politically motivated but has some kind of angle on it i don't think that that's that uh foreign to people however it's gotten to the point where it's like that there is nothing else but that that's the entire thing did i lose you max i think your camera froze
0: hey so sorry about that dude my internet
1: just died So don't worry about mm. it. I'll just edit it out make it seamless as, okay. as seamless as I can. Uh, but, you know, it's a blip. No, but um, to your point, like what you were saying, it, it really is more about the writing. If, you know, a, co- a content creator has a, a left-leaning slant or something like that or even a right-leaning slant, it, it – it would bore me from any direction where it's coming from. Like if you if you are mm-hmm. just saying like oh this is what my opinions are this is what you're supposed to think I don't even care if I agree with them I would just be like oh stop it, it the lens is okay it's just it's really like you're right it's inept writing you know you can mm-hmm. you can convey these principles or these uh, truths or these things in characters in storytelling if it's written competently. But if you're just mm-hmm. beating the audience over the head and just saying like the one note, I always go back to like saying something like murder is bad. Like if you had a character <laughs> saying murder is bad, you'd be like, oh God, we know. Okay, man, like thank you for laying that out for us. Like appreciate <laughs> that. You enlightened me. But it's it's that, it's the bluntness. It's the it's the lack of precision and it's the arrogance to, to assume yeah. that you can get it, that that's entertaining. That you can get away with that.
0: It treats the audience like such you know, idiots, <laughs> Like it, just, it, it, tre- it treats the audience so disrespectfully. And I think that's why a lot of our um, reactions to these things are so like uh, genuine and like uh, more honest about how we feel about this. Because when someone disrespects you, you obviously are going to kind of take offense to that. And it's not that we have an issue with like them personally, it's that we have an issue with what they're doing to our characters or our stories and stuff. Like, I don't care about what you do outside of like, you know, your film. And I, that's a whole different conversation about, uh, you know, can you, uh, can you separate art from artist, right? Or the, the creative aspect from the creator. Um, But uh, like I was saying, yeah, I think it's, Um, I think it's interesting that the writers have no real respect for its audience. Um, because that, you know, even from a transactional standpoint, even if they didn't care about the audience, they could at least pretend to and still make money. You know what I mean? Like even me being super cynical. And if it's just someone being like, listen, I just want a ton of money. What do the fans want? Just give it like that's that's what they could do. And it would be simple, but they still continue to choose to be like, no, we're not doing that. I want to write my story and that's fine. But when they still disregard and um, continue to disrespect the audience, that's when it becomes like an issue. Right.
1: Who knew that the heyday of audience was just that blind greed? Uh, you know what i mean like who knew that that would be that was the best part of hollywood was like when they were just didn't when they were like just money 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 like i I, I used to look at that like oh they have no principles they have no values it's just like no god i wish you didn't go back to having no principles you were way better
0: dude right oh my god
1: that's so funny
0: yeah how we're like preferring like hey just be money hungry greedy businessmen like i would much prefer that right now because they're they're going to produce something that like And that's why, um, you know, I think uh, people are upset with the decisions that Warner Brothers and, uh, you know, uh, Discovery are making right now because Zaslav is very like, he's a very transactional leader, like he's very business oriented. And so most of his decisions are going to be made off of, is this going to make me a profit? No, then get rid of it. You know, (laughs) it's just really cut and dry.
1: And it. it it's one of those things where that's actually like, you don't have to embrace that as your true north of to as to why you create things. I think that, you know, that can really mess up a creator if you're literally just money only, because what ends up happening is then you, you it's almost become some hollow, boring product. I mean, just look at like how many YouTubers out there just make like clickbait, you know, and it's it's to get Attra- it's boring. And, yeah. you know, if you're a creative, and you're like, well, what works in the market? It's like, ugh, it's so, it's so gross. But what it will do, because there is a higher bar now, and it does have to sell, it will force creatives to actually produce something worth buying, which is, should be the bar should be the absolute standard. I do want to get back real quick to She-Hulk, though, because I read an article, and I think it was bounding into comics, if I'm not mistaken, that the second episode of She-Hulk, I think the title, the headline was should have been the first episode. Was the second episode mm-hmm. as bad as the first?
0: Um, not in terms of – so my, if, uh, like, if you had the first um, episode, it wouldn't be as like – I guess it wouldn't draw you in or be as appealing. It would be just a very bland kind of meh. Uh, opener. And I think what they wanted to do was they wanted to set a precedence and make a statement with their first episode and say, this is what you're seeing. You are going to get a feminist uh, agenda. You're going to get um, intersectionalism between the different characters. You're going to get um, lackluster humor and poor writing choices. And you're going to get very moral, ambiguous uh, protagonists. Uh, From my perspective anyone who watches Jennifer Walters in that first episode and goes this is someone I would love to be there's something wrong with you because she is completely morally inept like she is completely insufferable um and that's really frustrating when you could write her so much better and so in that second episode it's more of like understanding kind of who she is her quirks the comedic timing um it's yeah it's definitely more slow paced but i think it would have been as you said probably a better pilot um but it wouldn't have had that that sting you know that initial like here you guys go like get ready for this and it's like oh and then everyone makes a video about it um so yeah Yeah,
1: which i wonder whether it's that's sometimes a choice sometimes i wonder if they're like relying on us to do their marketing for them yeah. yeah right like no press all like all press is good press where mm-hmm. so it's like it explodes you see matt walsh like just eviscerate i don't know if you saw that clip of him oh my god that video was
0: so good <laughs> so good but uh, yeah he did he went went in hard on that and was it was
1: he's just that articulate patient well thought out take was just yes. you couldn't even argue with it um But I wonder if that's kind of part of it. Like, they're going to be like, we're going to go so ham-fisted with this. We're really going to let it off the chain, and then everyone's going to talk about it. And then She-Hulk will be all in the media, and then that'll draw an audience in. I I wonder sometimes if that's how they do it, because we take the bait a lot. You know what I mean? We
0: Yeah, we absolutely do. I mean, and like you said, there are channels that literally – uh, how they survive is through mm-hmm. clickbait. You know what I mean? It's not through any type of uh, creative decisions on their channel. It's more so of just a reactionary type of news media, which is fine. I mean, that that is how those channels are run. And um, there's nothing wrong with that. But yeah, there are channels that decide to whatever comes out, it's just the next thing for for them to talk about um and sometimes that can be to the detriment because like you said all good is or all press is good press um so yeah i i wonder if these executives or marketers for these big companies like disney and amazon are promoting this stuff on the basis of we're gonna dunk on the chuds or whatever or like we're gonna own the right the like the conservative right Um, you see it in comic books a lot. Uh, there's a comic coming out this week in an Avengers comic called judgment day, where there is a few panels and I'm sure it'll come out. Um, you guys will see it this week, but there's a few panels where, uh, it is just so on the nose where it's like trying to own the, the conservative, right. Or the, uh, the YouTubers that I'm like, man, it's just not even like, you guys are lowering your prospects when you like come down to, you should be writing about like otherworldly things, not about YouTubers and like conservative media. You know what I mean? That's so like modern and it's so small. Yeah. It's so, it's very narrow minded thinking. If you are a creative, like your visions should should be much greater than that. Right. But I don't know.
1: And you think about, I mean, there's something that I read that it was like, um, I forgot what percentage, but it was a tremendous amount of uh, percentage of content that people are watching in this 24 hour sphere was created in the previous 24 hour sphere
0: so that oh, like yeah, yeah. so
1: much stuff is so recyclable, just new and recyclable and it's, it's just or, or, sorry, not uh disposable but when it comes to something like like a medium like like a like a text like a comic book that even if it is something that we consume and we move through that that's supposed to have longevity and if you're talking about something so small and something so modern as that, that that I mean, that's disposable as toilet paper. I mean, you, you, one <laughs> might time might as well be. Might as well be. I mean, yeah, might as well be. Um, and but it it just you go right through it, and it's it's like you're never gonna go back to something like that. Even if you were one of those rah-rah people, in four years mm-hmm. you're gonna what go back to this and be like, yeah, still, like it's <laughs> it'll have no yeah, impact. Well,
0: once yeah, once the dust settles, like uh there's a great channel um it used to be called diversity in comics but now it's yeah, called uh, comics boy. with your boy zach yeah your boy zach and uh he always mentions this it's it's gonna be so weird when like we look back on this a decade later two to de- two decades later and we're like looking back at like comics that are being produced here in 2021 or 2022 we're gonna be like this is so weird. It, like it's, it's going to seem like some odd ancient text because it it will have aged so poorly. And like the kids of other generations, when they read like Thor from Walt Simonson, uh, it's, it's what I like to call like timeless versus timely. Um, like those books are going to be timeless. You can read them now. You could have read them 30 years ago, or you could read them 30 years from now into the future and they'll still have weight. They'll still have resonance with people. But like you said, like someone who reads like a book now and then reads it again a decade later is going to be like, this is so odd. It seems very timely for this era.
1: It's going to seem so dated. It's going to be like those, (laughs) those eighties movies that are like all about like shopping and rad (laughs) culture. You're going to be like, Oh boy, that was a weird time in history. I was thinking, too, it would be weird – it's going to be weird to look back and see, like, a 30-year-old YouTube video. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're right. Isn't that going to be – because there are still – there are videos now that are, like, 15 years old. You know, YouTube's been around that long. There's – like, I was looking at Chad Vader which is a uh, was like a little YouTube sketch show about uh, Darth Vader's brother, and he was a, a night shift manager at a grocery store, <laughs> that and he, awesome. he still wanted to like rule like it was the Empire. It was pretty funny, uh, but I looked at those videos 14 years ago; those came out. Oh my and god! They're still up, and it's like that's man. It's it's going to almost be like the history of of the 21st century is going to be all documented on YouTube as long as those servers stay up. I mean, we're gonna it's. Could be kind of permanent. It's not like YouTube's going anywhere now. No reason to think it's going to go anywhere in the next 10 years. So that's going to be kind of wild. (laughs) It's going to be a living historical archive.
0: That's a great point, man. And it's like, yeah, when, because when I, like, say I'm doing a research paper or I'm, you know, even just looking up tutorials about something, I come to YouTube to like learn, like, you know, different things. And there are professors and scholars who will put up, videos on here about, um, different historical periods of time or, you know, and I'm, I'm not saying all of it is accurate because if you were only to base your information off of YouTube, you would still be strongly misinformed. Like there's so much out in the world, like just of course. going and visiting other places, um, and, and interacting with people. But YouTube is a great starting point to start, uh, kind of introducing some of that information. So yeah, I can see like kids even uh, even now and in the future going to youtube to being like i wonder what this movie was like and then come and find our movie reviews or something like that it's going to be really interesting um i do enjoy watching older like one of my favorite youtubers on this platform is john tron um know. and i think he's just so fun he's got like uh, now I'd, I'd say he probably has like anywhere from three to s- three to six million subscribers, somewhere like that. Um, whereas like, Pretty you look solid. at, I know what I was about to say, <laughs> um, I think it's six million, I gotta go and check. But he's been doing, he like, I think his oldest video is from like early two thousands, like even before wow. 2010. And um, I just love watching that old stuff though. Cause it's so much fun to watch the passion that a lot of these creators had. And it's still like, that's still such an early stage of YouTube. Where people were like finding out how to do this. And at the end of the video, they'd be like, you know, click this thing to go follow, find my next video. And it's not there anymore because YouTube has evolved so much too that like you don't have, like there are just little things like that that I thought was, was were so interesting. So.
1: Well, what's it like? Um, what's it, Mr. Plinkett? You know, he's yes. been, they've been doing Dude, that. Red Letter Media. Yeah. I mean, I remember they did Avatar and they did like yeah. the prequels. Obviously, not when the prequels came out, but very quickly, you know, very, very timely after that, those videos. And that's, I mean, that's like old that that's like, you know, the dramatic squirrel meme, you know what I mean? Like that's like (laughs) proto internet, you know?
0: That's so funny. What, there was another meme. Oh, it was the screaming goats in Thor uh, love and thunder. They brought Uh, back the screaming goats meme. And I was like, isn't that a little old, but yeah, no, yeah, you're, you're right. It's funny to look at like, you can always determine what phase of the internet, when you watch a meme or you see what meme is played and you're like, Oh, that was early 2000s.
1: And because the, the internet is so disposable and you go through so, stuff so much, it feels so ancient.
0: Yeah. yeah. You
1: know, like looking at like a rage comic now feels ancient.
0: It, um, it definitely like, it, it feels ancient and yet kind of like what we were talking about, timeless versus timely. It doesn't feel dated though like i guess i would i would differentiate between like aged and dated right because like i think aged you can recognize man this has like some historical significance to it but like dated just feels like uh like why why am i reading this or watching this now like it seems so like it doesn't fit
1: in right you know but that's that's a good point i didn't even really think about that but if you think about like a rage comic like rage comics wasn't like about like the bush administration You know, it was just about some funky little aspect of life that was kind of funny and quirky. But I I look at a lot of memes and even now most memes are socially relevant, whether Mm. it's a critique or an insult or agreeing with the whatever. It's, It's almost like so much content, just so much of our culture, our conversation is just about what's happening right now and reflecting on it.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, uh, there was a, I think there was a video I was watching, um, in one of the classes I was in and, and they were basically talking about how, uh, newspapers are, are a thing of the past, like who reads newspapers. Right. And it was a comedy sketch, um, basically discounting the credibility of newspapers. And the joke was that, you know, uh, the guy, th- this comedian walks into the New York times and he goes, uh, Hey, do you guys have any, uh, like any newspapers that are, have information that came out today and they're like well no that'll be tomorrow's newspaper and i thought just that simple line was so interesting because now something comes out like an ezra miller story boom you've got articles and videos within the first hour of an an ezra miller story dropping as opposed to the next day like if you're behind 24 hours you've already missed it yeah and i think that yeah yeah right and that's that's what's so damning is like we as a society and we as a culture have not slowed down. We have just continued to speed up and and speed up and not sit in any type of emotion or feeling or sensibility um, or like just allowing ourselves to be present uh, because we're always looking for like the next thing, mm-hmm. um, and that's it can be super overwhelming. I think that's why a lot of people now have so much uh, anxiety because they're they're like, "What's going to happen next?" You know.
1: I buy it. You know, I mean, I, I definitely did not read nearly as much news as I do now, like with like the mm. YouTube thing, Mo- mostly because I need something to talk about. I do the culture crime fighters with, with Vidge. We, you know, every Sunday night I do the four, at least four hour cocktail lounge and I do yeah. this show and sometimes other streams on top of that. Generally, I do need fodder for those for, to have, to talk about something to stay relevant. I wonder like, what the perspective of someone who doesn't read any of that would be you know if you just don't keep up on any of this do you notice the change do you feel the change or are you just sort of completely unplugged from it like oh i don't know who cares
0: now and and that's a that's a good point that you bring up and i'd love to hear your take like from from where like what what you do and in in your line of work and how you interact with people and if they have because i would say that most people that that we interact with on a a daily basis are what you like people would consider normies. Um, they don't really keep up with any type of entertainment news. They just kind of consume the next product and walk away. And if they liked it, they liked it. If they didn't, they don't really care. Um, which is fine. I mean, I'm not knocking that. Uh, but I think it is interesting that now we're even seeing normies start to go like, man, what the fuck is happening with Disney? You know, or like even they're starting to kind of recognize some of this stuff. But do you like in, in your line of work, do you have anyone talking about entertainment or anything within culture war stuff or no?
1: Kind of. I mean, being in the food service industry, you're often Uh, There's a lot of creative types that tend to gravitate towards that job. It's a good way to maintain a job that's pretty well paying without a lot of uh, commitment. So you can also do like your other stuff on the side. Like there was a girl at the last restaurant that I was working at who like really knew her movies. And we would always have conversations about stuff like that. She was pretty sharp. Um, she was definitely more on the left leaning thing. The other thing too, about my perspective is that I live in Austin, Texas and Mm. it's extremely left leaning here. So it's, it's hard to kind of find someone that has like a discerning point of view. And if they don't have that point of view, they pretty much just have like the opposite point of view, which is like right wing (laughs) or concern. So there isn't really like a lot. I don't encounter it just in my spheres, but I'm also not around like uh, you know, a lot of people who are, that's their job is to analyze these things and think about right. them. It's, you know, they, they have their own lives going on. So what I get is there's a, there are people that notice it. There's people that maybe comment on it, but there's kind of like, like I have, a, okay, here's a good example. There's a guy that I used to work with, this dude, Eddie, good guy. And he, um, big Lord of the Rings fan. Right. And he, he doesn't like when they ruin the characters or whatever. Right. He he always bothers him. So one night, I mean, I, I swear it was after the bar closed, we were just standing outside this bar talking for like an hour. And I, and he just would not like, he's like, I'm not going to judge the show until it comes out. And I'm like, Hmm. I get it, man but how many times do you have to go through this before you're going to recognize the pattern? Right. It's yeah. like, and look, keep your mind open. But I just, I almost felt bad for him. I was like, I just, I kind of want to protect you from this man. Cause it's like, <laughs> you, you've maintained this optimism here and it's just like, bro, it's, it's going to get bad. So yeah. yeah, I guess that's probably as close as to critical, like in, in sort of like, and I don't mean to be, Arrogant about this or, or you know feel like I know everything but I do feel that there's so few people that genuinely grasp That there is an institution uh, Associated with all this content that there is a body of an intellectual body and doctrine that needs to be adhered to and that's where I'll, That's the core of where so much of this is coming from. I think they it just seems more amorphous to them They don't quite track like oh, it's just sort of left-leaning. Oh, it's kind of feminist. Oh, it's this that and the other so yeah. um, yeah, I, I guess I kind of, I don't know. What what do you experience?
0: That's so interesting. And um, and first, I want to. You said your uh, coworker was talking about Lord of the Rings stuff, and um, I I do like I think to that response because I think a lot of people will say, "Oh, I'm just going to wait till the show comes out." And like you said, you almost kind of want to usher them into this like world of, "Hey, a lot of us have done that before with." Star Wars, Star Trek. I know. I want to give them the red pill. Marvel, Disney. Yeah. You want to just kind of, well, here you go. All I'm offering is the truth. (laughs) Right. And there is, um, I think there is something to be said about that because objectively speaking, from like a, if you look at a show and if you objectively look at it from like a filmmaking uh, lens, Sure, there may be good things about the show, like uh, the cinematography might be great. Um, And and maybe no one can argue that Uh, maybe the soundtrack is fantastic or maybe the acting is very superb. So from a filmmaking standpoint, sure, maybe the show might be good. But if people are arguing whether it's good based off of the works of Tolkien, that to me and, and some people might disagree. To me, that's complete and utter bullshit. Um, because the showrunners themselves have been very adamant about saying we have taken the creative liberty to just completely like get rid of that like whatever Tolkien said cool thanks like but we don't really care uh and to me that's why the show will not be good whether I need to watch it or not it's not going to adhere to the legendarium the fantasy of what Tolkien imagined so um I think there are people who will base their opinions off of a show, whether it's good or not, solely on the basis of filmmaking and not necessarily from the like uh, lore aspect Mm -hmm. of things, Um, which is like, like I said, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but it's that kind of wait and see crowd that gets a lot of money into the show because everyone watches it and they go, well, it's not for me. And then, well, it's like, oh, well, that that means the whole show just got watched, uh, and you spent your money to watch it. Um, and I don't so necessarily yeah, um,
1: blame that. I think I think there's a prudence true, yeah. to that. There's a there's an internal patience and, and sort of an optimism that I respect.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: In that, but to me, at this point, and I hate to be uh, you know ugh, fire and brimstone, but I think we've crossed the threshold. I think we've yeah. pretty much gotten to this. Really, is a culture war, and it's yeah. like you are either going to, you know, aggressively support it, passively support it, or reject it. I don't really think there's a lot of in-between anymore, and I'm not saying pick sides and, you know, I'm drawing lines, but it, it's gotten to the point where, you know, you combine the agenda with, you know, ESG scores and all these other things that are nefariously attached to this, this worldview. It's grander than just whether Lord of the Rings is good Mm -hmm. or not. It's, it's does Western culture, is it allowed to exist? Mm -hmm. Are are its myths or traditions are it's, you know, what's good about it? Are are they allowed to continue in this new global society? And the impression I get is there's a lot of people who are aggressively trying to say no, no, it cannot and it needs to go. And it needs to be replaced with something new and better or whatever the the goal is, so that's where I get to the point where I'm like, okay, we're actually not just talking about whether this TV show is good. We're not talking about whether this movie is entertaining. We're talking about whether like the legacy of millions of people of the world gets to continue.
0: Yeah. It's that's the, pretty significant. Yeah, absolutely, man. Cause it's the themes of it, you know, like it's, it's not just the, like you said, the cultural significance of that, of, of his books, of his writings, of his works have certain themes attached to them. And none of his themes were ever to exclude people, you know? And so I think that's what's so like to use your word nefarious, I think you said uh, previously, and it's very uh, disingenuous. It's very inauthentic and it's weaponizing, um, a lot of this culture war in order to get clicks or in order to get, um, you know, fake reviews and, and whatever. And, uh, it it almost you know it's it's frustrating because you want these people to be as authentic and genuine as possible, and y- like you're you're just wishing that they would just come out and say you know what you're right we just did all this just to push our agenda and at least you'd be like finally thank you you <laughs> at least you were honest yeah but um, but that, it relies
1: you know, on being dishonest and deceptive correct. that's part of it. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Razor Fist put out a good series of videos, one that uh, is called Hollywood Was Always Red.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Fascinating video. And it details a lot about sort of communist infiltration in Hollywood in like the 40s and the 30s and this sort of this uh, another legitimate culture war. And that's where apparently that rumor that um, Walt Disney was an anti semite apparently isn't true. Apparently it's oh. just something that the communist party that was trying to take over the labor unions in Hollywood was spreading to discredit him. Wow. And there was kind of a lot of that and there's that movie uh, on the waterfront that by Elia Kazan or Elia Kazan of um Marlon Brando as the washed up boxer.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, okay.
1: Apparently, that entire movie is a metaphor for how he was involved with this communist party and he just rejects it and just starts fighting. them. He's like, a bum, which is what I am, like this whole thing. And like you did this and you like he's like calling people out for being like nefarious. Yeah. And yeah. And so it's not even that novel, this sort of new thing, this sort of what feels like a new culture war. Apparently, it's been around for quite some time.
0: That's so interesting, man. And on the, um, on the topic of razor fist, uh, he, I don't think he put out an individual video about this, but he was talking about this on a stream where, um, and I always go back to this whenever, cause I hate the disingenuous argument of, well, why do you care so much? Or like, it's not that important. Like, just get over it or like, don't watch it. And it's like, okay, man, but you have to think about the fact that our culture comes from movies like our society our um themes of how we live everyday life our escapist entertainment comes from fucking movies and TV shows and like our values, that shit too. our values like that is important as a young kid if you go into the movies and you watch Lord of the Rings like I did and you see the moralistic values of Aragorn who is selflessly uh trying to get these hobbits to the next location and and trying to um you know, uh, find his way as a lone ranger and and a humbling as, as like a humble man working his way up to king and what that means, the sacrifices and the honor and the nobility. You look at that as a kid and you go like, I want to be like that, regardless of what he looks like. He could have been, you know, a, a female black woman. And I'd, I'd be like, sure, I want to be like her because those moralistic values are what I took away from it. Um, but yeah, razor fist essentially says that, uh, in that stream, he was talking about that the reason why people are trying to take over entertainment and media is because it is the deceptive way of winning the hearts and minds of people because you don't see it at first because you're just watching movies, right? It's just, you you're just watching a movie until you start to like take in that information and then, you know, spew it out into the world. And that's, what's, um, so dangerous about it if we don't recognize yeah. it, um, it's true. Whereas like, yeah, so it's yeah. it's
1: going back to like what, um, you know, you were talking about with the people that I, I my sphere, Well, I used to work with a lot of kids, you know, like in their early 20s, you know what I mean, who are like, mm-hmm. you know, this, this, this is the culture that they grew up in, you know, when I was coming up and uh, I kind of do want to transition into this because I know that you're currently experiencing this. When I was growing mm. up, I had, you know, this kind of the standard American education. You get a little bit older, they kind of show the nuance. And then when I got to college, they're like, everything you learned was a lie. Uh, you know, <laughs> here, here's all these evil things about America oh, and, God. you know, like the power structures and the hierarchies and all this type of stuff. Granted, I was a sociology major, so I basically did it to myself. But, <laughs> and then, you know, when I moved to LA, I saw a lot more of that. It was almost like it wasn't just sort of like this fringe thing that was happening in colleges. It was kind of the mainstream consensus. And once again, a relatively biased environment. But when I was, I was talking with this guy that I used to work with and he grew up in the Bay area. He got that education when he was in grade school. He never had any other education, but a critical theory education. And then I started to see it like in these kids, it's, it's not even like it's an opinion. These things aren't debated. They are the right. ground base level of how to look at the world, and mm. it's pretty terrifying. And it's become it's become sort of ubiquitous as this is the way to look at it. And if you don't look at it, you are over here in like the they genuinely like the alt right like Nazi like realm. That's where you exist because that's how far you are from our consensus. And mm. I know that you put you posted something the other day about this because you're currently in college. And you were experiencing a lot of that firsthand. Can you can you tell me a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, absolutely, brother. And and thank you for uh, mentioning it and bringing it up. But yeah, it's it's a totally different world. I you know it was pr- partly my own hubris, but partly my maybe just my. Uh, not fully understanding of the fact that, uh, I am living in California. Uh, I am going to a, a private school, so there's a lot of wealth there. And, um, when you see a lot of people who have these like privileged lifestyles, um, they tend to make up things to, to, uh, uh not objectify them, but oppress them. You know what I mean? Like, or, or they say that, uh, they're guilty because of their uh, their wealth or they're guilty because of their, the color of their skin. Uh, but then they try and force that on you. And that's what I've seen a lot is, is basically if you're not in the club, if you're not in this progressive mindset, this hive mind, um, then you are excluded. You are not part of us and we want nothing to do with you because you are the enemy or you are evil. Um, and the, the thing that is unfortunate is that they don't even know me. Uh, it is simply because I exist that they have this opinion. Um, but it is a lot of younger white women that I've seen this from. Uh, it is the culture of young kind of white females that thinks that it's very cool to have this type of mindset, uh, that's very exclusionary. Um, you know, they include everyone except for guys who look like us. You know what I mean? And, uh, I'll be very forthright and and outward in saying that, you know, I'm a man of faith. I, uh, I have a, a minor in, in Christian ministry. Uh, I, you know, served in the Marine Corps for five years. Uh, so like everything that I am like the, because I exist, uh, they hate me, um, because I am everything that they have been told to hate, uh, mm-hmm. without understanding who I am, where I come from. Uh, And to see that like a lot of my stuff just comes from logic and a lot of my stuff comes from empathy, even though they would not think so. Um, And so that's what I've been seeing within the college realm um, as of now. And I'm only in my first week. So I'm like, Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So like, like, I got a whole, uh, whole other two years before I finish my, my master's degree. But yeah. So like I said, I appreciate you asking, um, you know, plenty of uh little jabs here and there where i was talking about my love of captain america and they go oh of course you would like him because like you know america right and i go what's what's wrong with that and they go no nothing and uh this was a one of the females i was was talking to and she goes no nothing but like you're probably one of those guys who like shoots guns because like you know to boost your testosterone or whatever right and i go i'm sorry what i almost like I was taken back by how ignorant of a statement that was. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, totally. To, I, yeah. Dude,
1: I remember I was at a club in LA, uh, like this bar. And it was like, you know, early. It wasn't like late. It was, you know, maybe 9, 30, 10. And I was walking. I was, you know, feeling a little loose. I was walking down the stairs and there were these girls in front of me. And this girl had something written on the back of her jacket. I forgot what it was. And I just read it out loud. And she turns to me and says, don't talk to me, you straight white male no shit yeah like says that to me <laughs> in public like it was insane it was insane man it's you know when i was in acting class my mom used to tell me you know because i bitch about these people because it was just so impossible to 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 coexist i mean it was genuinely yeah they made it incredibly difficult if you did not already agree you know it was going to be a problem and i my mom would be like don't bring it up i'm like i never bring it up Exactly. I never even talk. I barely even respond. It's just being yeah. hit on all sides, this onslaught. Like, you know, I remember one particular, they were whining about, you know, oh, Chris Pratt's a conservative. And they all were just like, oh, you know, and it was this whole, it's just, it, it, a hive mind is really the only way to describe yeah. it. And it's, you know, I, I, when I went to college, when I was studying my sociology thing, I remember I naively took a gender studies course, you know, it's just like (laughs) on paper. I'm like, oh, the differences between the genders and how that affects people. That's really fascinating. Sure, sure. I didn't know when I got in there, it was just gonna be like, you are the problem. You know, it's just like, I'm in the class. Like, what did I do, you know? I'm 20, (laughs) like I haven't done anything yet. Uh, And it was this whole thing, but, and I remember like I would, fight and not fight but disagree speak my mind and that was just you know nothing but conflict and gossip and you know girls (laughs) like you said like the young white women go into like the other parts of the school and tattling on me and you know lying about whatever it was they thought i believed uh and so i learned to not you know as much as i could not identify because it's like they will just target you and take you down but i even realized after a while that's not good enough it's It's the fact that you don't agree immediately and vocally that clocks you as an enemy.
0: And you know, what's interesting is like, even if like, if you went into the class and you said like one thing that was a buzzword or one thing that like they agreed with, they'd be like, Oh, this guy's pretty cool. Even like, not even knowing that you're making it up or that you're just regurgitating, you know, like they they don't, I, I don't think, um, a lot of the younger kind of. Uh, people who i hear this from I don't think they understand what they're saying like you were saying like you were talking about before um and what's what's interesting about your your um, experience is that you went out of your way to go take that class and instead of informing you and and teaching you about like the different um gender uh studies throughout history and like looking at the different, uh, archetypes of male and female, uh, how they differ, how they're important, like what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses, they just point the blame on you. And it's like, what am I learning here <laughs> Like that I'm just an evil person just because mm-hmm. I exist? Um, and, and so that's and, what's, yeah.
1: No, see, and, and further beyond that, that's what millions and millions of young men in this country yes. are being taught. That is what's yeah. being drilled into their head. That's the education they're receiving is that you are bad. You are the problem. And you should feel bad about that. And I don't know how that's going to create a functional society in the future. I don't see how that could contribute to a healthier, more co- cohesive, cohesive, like loving society. I feel like that's all only going to create division and hate. I, can't, I cannot see any other possibility.
0: Absolutely. And and, that's such a great point because one of the big things that I always continue to say whenever I get into a disagreement with someone at school or, or anything, I always try and just go, is there commonality here? Can we find commonality? If not, why are we talking right now? Like if you don't want to find some sort of commonality between this thing that we're talking about, then we can't coexist. And that's what's so frightening about this is like people are arguing like, yeah, we should just split the U.S. in half, have it blue and red, because they legitimately either don't want the conversation or they can't have those conversations to discern for themselves whether or not they want to talk to these these different these open-minded people. That's how closed off and and kind of uh, frightening this now has become because people just can't comprehend the the fact that uh, you and I can both agree on something and disagree on another thing and still be friends or still be uh, a certain party, political party. Um, So yeah, that commonality is extremely important now, but it's like, man, I just can't find it anywhere. It's tough to find commonality at at this point on anything.
1: Yeah. I I find it a little more prevalent in people that are older. Like I Mm. do find people, I have found people who are like a little bit more, you know, they, they could still be kind of, pretty, pretty hard left leaning, but they're not as quick to exclude or quick to judge or quick to attack. At least that's been my experience of late, uh, which, which I appreciate, you know, it's like, Oh, that's nice. And it kind of almost takes like, it just sort of takes the punch out of the whole thing. And now we're really just having a discussion. Like, neither person is really at each other's throats It is just we're just you know kind of like okay and you see it that way I see it this way it's like I don't have a crystal ball I don't have magic insight you know this is just this is the point of view I've cultivated from my life and the insights that I've gained so I I, I can't guarantee that I'm right it's just what I believe and that's the same I think it's the same from the other side so it's like if it would be really nice if we could get a little bit more of that kind of because when you do when people genuinely do listen to each other you, you, you're going to get more out of it. I think yeah. most Americans are on the same page about what the issues are. They just have very strong and differing opinions on how to solve them. You know, mm-hmm. like I've had, I had discussions with, uh, some people that I worked with about, you know, like socialism, you know, essentially. And, um, you know, they said how there's a big problem that the corporations are tied in with government. And I'm like, I couldn't agree more. I yeah. totally agree. The only difference is your solution is you want to expand government power, and I want to lessen it because I th- I think that's the only way to you know that that. So, but that's just my opinion, and that's as like. But we really do completely agree that this is a problem. Like we, we're Absolutely. on the same exact page. Like when you're saying commonality, it's like there and there is you know like it. It's just people have different points of view on the solutions. and I think if we did understand how much more similar we were to each other instead of how different, we would that we will truly progress as a country and as a people
0: and that's true progression you know what i mean like we're almost regressing at this point um and yeah those commonalities once we do find them you see humanity in people because then because if if uh you take a political party and you just demonize them just because of who they voted for or you demonize them because of what uh what color they identify with or which you know party they lean more towards you've demonized them solely on one trait and it's so uh, like i said earlier disingenuous and it's very very uh exclusive um instead of being open-minded to the fact that like you're a full ass human being that has Thoughts and emotions and feelings and all and types family. of different character traits. Like, yes, oh you my know, God, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. oh, you you like dogs too? Wow, <laughs> I thought that you like killed babies. And it's like, <laughs> you know, it's just like, what, what? You know, when you demonize someone so much, you um, you can't see those human aspects. And like you said, dude, like, it's such a great point that though we may disagree on one thing, we can agree on another. Of like, there, this is the issue. Now, how do we solve it? And just by agreeing that there is an issue, you see that humanity because you go, you do have empathy, you do have compassion, you do have patience, those are human qualities that we all want to kind of aspire to have, right. Um, But when you demonize an entire, you know, race of people or political party, you can't see that. And that's what's so damning.
1: Yeah, it's uh, very, very difficult. And You know, it's a personal challenge of mine too, though, because it—you know—it's something where I feel a reactionary sort of, you know. I don't even know like thought or feeling when i i kind of get that sense from people because i'm like oh i you probably imagine me as the villain you know so it's almost hard for me i almost have my own prejudices now because of how of all those experiences you know where you get this sort of attack you get this vilification got people gossip about you behind your back because Mm -hmm. you don't think the same way but you know it's as much of a challenge of mine to rise above that as it is literally anyone else and it is one of those things I do try to remind myself of because it's I don't want to fall into that trap. I don't want to become like mm-hmm. the the anti SJW or the the opposite of them. Just you know, on on the other side, you know, it's I think people will always criticize you. will, will like put, try to put that label on you if you're doing what we're doing, which is going on the YouTube on YouTube and talking about it. But that's unavoidable. You know, people's judgments and labels you can't control. All you could control is how you react to it.
0: Of course, man. And it just shows like your type of maturity and your type of experience in life. The fact that you can have the self awareness, and like understanding to say, I don't want to be the antithesis of this, I want to be the point in the middle where I can bring both together, right? You know, like, um, it's, it's that whole dilemma that Batman has, he doesn't want to cross that line and become the Joker and kill people. Um, he wants to, you know, in a way, save them from themselves or protect Gotham from these evil beings or whatnot. Um, and so that's, that's kind of what your thought process is about this too, which I really respect and, uh, which I struggle with as well, because it would be so easy for me to fall into the trap of, well, all let all the people on the left are just SJW weirdo evil, you know, uh, I was going to say the, Commie. yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, any word that maybe might get us off the of YouTube, <laughs> you could, you could easily label them that, but that is such an easy, like just cop out, right? Like it, it actually takes more time, more effort, more intelligence, more maturity, more wisdom to engage with them and on, on a, on a different party or in a different religion or anything and go, Hey, you're my neighbor. Let's talk. Let's hang out. Let's do this. Um, and that's much more difficult. I, uh, you know, cause I, I, have friends that are, that are more, uh, liberal and, and, and more left. I have friends that are gay. I have friends that are in marriage, like lesbian marriages, and I love them to death because they treat me like a human and they love mm-hmm. me just like I love them. And we don't agree on a lot of different things. And yet I still love them for who they are. Um, and that's what, I think is missing, uh, and so that's like I said, testament to you and your maturity, man. Because like, it would be easy to just completely label an entire party and just go, yeah, screw them. I'm going to be the anti-SJW. Everything is like, you know, uh, Trump. Everything is great, you know, blah, blah blah. And it's like, okay, let's think about this a little bit more logically.
1: I think honestly, it's the gift of. It's to get to the curse of living in progressive cities is because I I have to coexist... I, I can't exactly. just vilify everyone I come across so it, it's I, I'm required to do it you know as much as it's it's a, a principle it's also just a, a, like a survival tactic a survival <laughs> instinct I, I literally no, yeah, have to right. do it but I think that's good like I, I do think people that get too polarized right or left it, it you do just otherize an entire everyone who isn't exactly like you and I think that's where more oppressive regimes and oppressive structures genuinely do come out mm. of because there is no humanity for anyone who isn't on the side of you you just see them It's become so violently tribal that, yeah, that's what ends up happening. I mean, that's where, you know, I think we do forget, myself included, that this country used to be genuinely oppressively conservative. You know it it genuinely (laughs) used to have a homogenous uh you know like mindset and and the power like the cancelers the original cancelers were the right i mean they were the ones who would this is inappropriate they say these jokes we want we don't want him on tv we want to get rid of him i'll go to advertisers so you know it 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 can go one way or the other it's just simply believing a thing doesn't make you any more virtuous than any you know just because you're on that side doesn't make you correct or doesn't make you a good person. I mean, your good person comes from your actions and your principles and your follow through and how you treat your fellow man. I don't care where you land. That's the most important yeah. character.
0: Yeah, dude, there's that, uh, I always look back at that, like satanic panic era where like, you know, heavy metal was just blasting and, um, conservative, uh, media and conservative, well, not media. Cause media has always tended to be a little bit more left, but like, um, conservative families and, and, uh, like Holmes were saying like this is the downfall of society and i'm looking over like i'm i'm a conservative myself and i'm like dude i love listening to metal you know <laughs> i'm looking at that and i'm going i would have been i would have been uh, tossed out of my own political party cuz i fucking love heavy metal and comic books and uh D&D. halloween yeah, and, and dungeons one. and dragons <laughs> and like all this stuff that like at the time was seen as like the devil um mm-hmm. so yeah it is very interesting the dynamics between how these political parties ebb, ebb and flow and how the goalposts continue to move and like you know like you said like alt right now would be someone who's like moderate yeah, yeah like it's, it, yeah. it's just completely changed
1: and there's people as traditional liberals that are like oh you're a republican it's like what the fuck are you talking about dude like that guy was at woodstock like <laughs> you know yeah. um we're going to wrap up because we've crossed the hour threshold. I did want to say, though, my friend, and this on a positive note, I watched a movie last night that I remember hearing about, but for some reason did not get the fanfare I feel it deserved after having watched it. But I watched uh, – it's on HBO Max. I watched Free Guy last night.
0: Oh, I, you know, I have heard good things about it um, with Ryan Reynolds, right?
1: I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. I could not believe how much I thought it was like really sweet, fun, funny, very compelling. Like I paused it and there was 40 minutes left. I was like, yes, like I was like happy that they wow. I was just so engaged. Yeah, and it had yeah. like a really sweet, you know, good, like loving ending, like the whole like kind of like almost like a wholesome ending that we just don't get anymore. And it was, honestly, I loved every second of it, and I couldn't recommend it more.
0: Dude, that is so rad! I will now have to go check that out. It was kicked um,
1: ass, I applauded. I was like, "That was fucking great!" Wow, yeah, because I cause
0: I had heard some good things about it from like uh, like parents had taken their kids to see it or something, and the kids were eating it up, and the parents were loving it. And but I but that was pretty much all I heard. I didn't really look into it much. Um, so yeah, dang, I need to go check funny. it. Funny.
1: The only thing I would say that they they kind of missed a mark on a little bit was the antagonist was too silly to be hmm. l- l- taken seriously like he does have his, his intimidating moments but I'd was like the only real weakness was they kind of leaned into the comedy a little bit too much kind of the way like ryan johnson had uh what's his face like slipping on a banana peel you know in the last jedi oh, you're like i mean i can't take that guy seriously it, it was no. bordering in that realm not too bad but it was Yeah, I just—it was so much fun. It was the whole concept is it's kind of like this GTA, like this online GTA, and one of the NPCs just sort of changes his programming a little bit and starts kind of interacting with the world. And it's it's so it takes place inside the game and also in the real world. And there's these two dual narratives that are running side by side. It was really kick-ass,
0: dude. How rad! I know. Well, that sounds badass. And thank you for mentioning it. Because, yeah, too many times we hear about all the stuff that's going wrong in media. So to have uh, have some stuff be praised every now and then, that's uh, chef's kiss. Chef's um, kiss indeed. Um,
1: Max, let let the people know where they can find you.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, you guys can find me at MVP Maxfield Von Priestley. Uh, it's a long name, but it is, uh, my, my given birth name. Uh, so yeah, go, uh, check out my channel. Uh, recently I've been doing a lot of She-Hulk and Lord of the Rings stuff. Uh, this Thursday, uh, I guess you could say Thursday morning, Wednesday night ish. Um, I'll be doing a episode one and two review of the Rings of Power Uh, because they're releasing it in theaters here in my area, uh, for like free. Yeah. They're doing a free promotional screening. Whoa. And so, yeah, so I'm going to go to that.
1: Oh dude. Oh man. You should take video and shit too. You should, cause there's going to be people dressed up and excited. You should, you should capture the whole event.
0: I am very intrigued because like I, at first I was, I was thinking, you know, it's just going to be YouTubers and media platforms that are going to go to this thing. But then I was like, what if it is actual fans? Right. Um, so I don't know, man, I, I'm very intrigued to see what type of people show Dude, up.
1: Um, you and can I will definitely some viral ass is. content out of that, man. You should, you should do like show up early, do man on the street.
0: Ooh, see, I don't have any good microphone to, to do that with. So I'd have to, I'd have you to buy use, one before to figure something you go, out. man yeah, yeah you, that's cuz we'll that see. would
1: be so much fun like i would love to see that like and then you, you don't even need to like you just ask how people are feeling about it you know what i mean like yeah. when you see the excitement you know like that bro that's yeah. you got right a gold well, mine right there man or the
0: nervousness because i'm sure there will also be people there who are going to be very apprehensive but yeah no it's going to be uh, it's going to be a wild I, time
1: if i still lived in california i would drive down to you and i would make this work i mean that is <laughs> so exciting and the, just the like how how what an opportunity that is for a youtuber as well
0: yeah oh for sure man i'm i'm very uh i'm i'm very thankful i'm very blessed to uh be so like you know ser- so nearby a theater that was showing this um and to have the opportunity to go you know because i uh, i know a lot of people wouldn't be able to make it because of work or something so uh yeah very very grateful and blessed that uh, I get to go do this. Um, You know, it's not anything like press, like I wasn't invited. This is literally something they're just opening up to the public. And they're just saying, in these specific theaters, we're going to show the first two episodes. So you guys can see um, like a a kind of a firsthand exclusive, instead of waiting till uh, Thursday evening or Friday evening. Um, So yeah, I am very, I'm gonna go into it with a very open mind. I think I'll cool. say, uh, as far as like, I, I do not agree with how Amazon is approaching the show, but as far as seeing the fans, I'm going to go in with an open mind. Cause I do want to see people there, um, and hear what they have to say. Um, uh, yeah. cause everyone knows what I have to say about it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. And I, I think it, you know, and there's also like, we all have our kind of predictions, but it's going to be different when we actually see it. And I think the, the most productive way any kind of commenter, YouTuber, critic, whatever can report on these things is to go in with a genuinely open mind. Even if that takes a lot right. of work to get yeah. there, it's the best way to report on it because A, you'll probably won't miss as much, and B, you'll have a really objective way to discuss it and to rip it apart if it needs to be ripped apart.
0: Absolutely. And I, you know, if I, uh, if I do come out with a, um, an actual video as opposed to a live stream or anything that does a review, um, yeah, my, my two biggest things on my channel are like genuine authenticity, um, and just tr- like truth and, and, uh, down to earth, you know, kind of commentary if you are going to make that. So, uh, if I am going to do a review, uh, it's going to be if it's good, I'm going to say it's good. If it's bad. Yeah. I'm going to rip it to shreds. So that's just, yeah. uh, what you guys can expect from me. I'm but excited yeah, dude, to see thank that, you-
1: dude. I will be there. I'm going to watch your content. for you. <sighs> That sounds great.
0: Well, thank you so much, man. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, but yeah, thank you again for having me on the, on the show, man. What a fantastic, I don't even think we uh, touched any of our, uh, articles cause we just had such great conversation. And, uh, like I said earlier at the beginning of the video, like this is kind of how we maybe with a few more drinks in hand but uh, this is how we talk at uh, the Vegas meetup so yeah
1: I honestly I I think sometimes the chat does get a little annoyed that they're not included in the conversation and I empathize with that but I think Mm -hmm. having a one-on-one conversation this pre-record really does a great job of allowing that to just organically happen so uh, thanks for coming on man it was really great to have you
0: Dude, of course. Yeah. Thank you so much. And, uh, looking forward to some of your, uh, your future videos and your live streams and stuff. And like I said, um, anytime, uh, anytime I can be on here or anytime you can be on my channel, uh, we'll, we'll do it. And, uh, I look forward to seeing you in Texas at hopefully a a future meetup. So yeah
1: hell yeah. Well, everybody subscribe to Max's channel. Give him a good a look. He does great stuff. Also, he provides a lot of content for his members, which I respect and could absolutely learn from. Uh, and if you guys enjoyed this, pre- please press like, subscribe if you have not, and uh, share the video out so that more people can experience this magnificent conversation. Uh, thank you all very much and have a great day.